morning. It is good to see you today. Let's stand again and open our Bibles to John chapter 10. We're talking about hearing God and uh, the voice of God in our life and knowing the voice of God in our life and what He's saying to us. And, and so we want to just read the Scripture again today and, and begin to let, let our hearts be attuned to the voice of God. Jesus says in chapter 10, verse 1, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. Uh, the, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought them, when he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Turn a, a couple of chapters over to chapter 14 in the book of John, verse 25. Jesus again speaking says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, and the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Father, we thank you that your Spirit is here to lead us and to teach us. We thank you that, we're, that you speak to us and talk to our lives, and pray that, Father, you let this message capture us today, teach us today. Let us learn in you and grow in you and be yours fully. Amen. The scriptures we've read today and in many other biblical passages, God makes it clear to us that he wants to speak to us. This is one of the radical differences between Christian faith and every other religion you'll read about is the intimate relationship that, 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 is, that is professed throughout scripture that God wants to have with you. Not, not, not just with others, but with you. And that we should know his voice. That he will be our daily counselor. That he will teach us things that we need to learn as we go through life, as the eras of our life change, the circumstances of our life change. That he will teach us what we need to learn that he will remind us of the things that we have already been told, that he will bring them back to our memory at the right time as we listen to his voice. And because of this, he, because he speaks, that we don't need to be troubled or afraid as we walk through life, but we can be certain that he is there and that he's speaking. So if we believe the Bible, then we have to believe that God is speaking to us that God stands ready to help us in our lives. The question is, how does that work? Well, he wants to help you in your decisions. He wants to help you in times of trouble. He wants to help you with the issues of life. He wants to help you as you progress through life. Now, in my lifetime, many of you in, in this room, uh, the Internet and the availability of the Internet has 
sit around uh, uh, a table with a group of friends and some issue about baseball statistics or who won a championship or, uh, you know, what happened in some political realm would come up and you would sit there and you would argue about it and some person would say, well, this person won the batting championship that year. And that was no, they didn't. It was this person. And you would argue about all of this stuff. And the conversation, back in those days, some of you are too young to know, the conversation could go on for, you know, hours of discussion. Now, you bring up a question like that, and what happens? Somebody's going like this, and uh, it was so-and-so. He won. The Cardinals won the championship that year. It's real simple. The, the, the answer's there, and the discussion's over because you have the availability of this information. What we need to understand is that wisdom, how to act, what to do, is just as available. Wisdom is just as available to us. We just have to learn what buttons to push, how to cry out to God, how to listen to Him, because He wants us to hear His voice, and then we have to obey, obey His voice and obey His promptings. These are not the audible voice of God nearly as much as the nudge of God. Now, when I was growing up and, and my dad was around, my dad would give me nudges. He would nudge me towards the right thing. Sometimes he would give me shoves towards the right thing. And sometimes he would give me downright orders to the right thing. But it was a great way to have somebody in your life that you knew wanted good things for you who would nudge you. I remember when I was uh, about to turn 16. In fact, it was a Saturday before I turned 16. I turned 16 on a Monday. I was going to get my driver's license on a Monday. Had a car already and uh, was just waiting for my birthday to go down and to take the driver's test and to do the, the thing with the guy at the, at the driver's license uh, at, the, at the Department of Transportation, get all that done, get my driver's license. But that Saturday, the Saturday before, uh, I've been at a, at a youth choir practice for our youth choir at the time, and, and my dad had said to me, after, after the practice, I'm going to come by with your car, and I'm going to pick you up, and I've got a bunch of errands to run, and I want you to drive me around town. I want, I, want to, I want to see you drive. I want to drive around town. I want you to get comfortable with the car, and, and, and I just want to see how you drive. And I said, well, sure. So that day he shows up at, at, choir pra- at the choir practice, and we go out afterwards and, and, and get in the car. And there was a girl in the choir that I, I kind of liked, but I didn't talk to her much. And, and, uh, but I kind of liked He knew I kind of liked her. And he said, well, you know, he was like, uh, you know, did you talk to her? No, I didn't talk to her. Well, why not? her over, and he sits there in the car and talks to her to her for a while. He says, yeah, Mark and I are riding around today. We're going to go. I've got a bunch of errands to run. He says, you just talk to me. My dad, if you knew my dad, he was a personality to behold. I mean, he, he, he just knew. I mean, he was just, he was comfortable with anybody. And, and so he's talking with this young girl, 
And, and finally, he looks at her, and I'm just sitting there waiting, you know, in the car patiently, waiting, hoping that I don't get embarrassed in the next few moments as we wait. And all of a sudden, I hear him say, yeah, we're going to be driving all over town for the next hour, so do you want to go with us? And I'm like, what did he just say? And, he said, and she's sitting there leaning in the window, and she goes, yeah, yeah. And he gets out of the car, and she jumps in the car and sits in between me and him, and off we go, running errands all over town. And uh, we, you know, and here's, here's you know, that was a nudge, you know. And and he would he would we would go to the places that we needed to go, and he'd say, "I'm going to run in here for a second. I'll be right back out. You guys wait here." And he would leave us in the car. And here's what I noticed: she didn't move. She stayed right there. And I thought, this is a good nudge. Now, our first date, our, my date with her was, I had a date with her that next Friday because of a nudge. A nudge. That would have never happened on my own. That would because of my dad. I want to tell you, God gives us nudges. He pushes us just a little bit. He speaks to us. He gives us opportunities. He invests himself in our lives. And if we learn to listen to his voice, He'll take us places that we wouldn't go on our own. He'll help us seize opportunities we wouldn't seize in our own lives out of fear or whatever it might be, out of uncertainty. But we've got to learn to listen to God's voice, to hear what He's saying, and to accept the nudge. It's an amazing thing that God is available to us to give us those nudges tell us what to do next, to tell us when to be quiet, to tell us when to speak up, to tell us when to make a decision, that if we learn to listen to him, that he's there. The fact that he has the ability to speak to all of us and be involved in all of our lives at one time is a mind-blowing concept to think that God's available for all of us, and it shows you how great and how mighty God is. And it's awesome to know that voice, but I've got to know What's his voice? That's the trick of it, isn't it? To know the difference between his voice and the father of all lies who lies to us. To know the difference between his voice and our flesh that just wants something and desires something and it's not really God. So that's that's what we've been talking about, uh, what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. On Wednesday nights, we're we're talking about hearing the intimate voice of God, how He speaks purposely, intently into the issues and details of our individual lives, and and, and how He speaks to us personally in these personal issues of life. This last week, on last Wednesday, we talked about the filters that we need to, to apply, that we run these voices through, to understand, okay, is this God or is this something else? And we're going to continue to clarify them over the next several weeks on Wednesday night as we talk about this intimate voice of God. But here on Sunday morning, we're going to talk about the prime filter, the foundational truth that will allow us to know God's voice in the intimate way that will help us to to sift out the things that aren't Him. And here's the first rule. Here's rule number one. If you're going to be able to know God in the intimate ways, in the 
and the really the personal ways, we have to know what he's already said. He won't contradict himself. And he won't speak outside of his nature. So I've got to know what he said to me about life. And I've got to know his nature. And I've got to run the voices that I hear in my life through what God has already said in his word and through my understanding of his nature in my life. So the first foundational principle that we lay about knowing who God is so I can know how he speaks to me and what he's telling me is this. It's in God's nature to love us. It's in God's nature to love everybody. God loves his creation. And it's God's call to us to love others as well. To love people. Listen to what it says, what Jesus says in Matthew. He's asked, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said, uh, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first, the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So, so we hear this. One of these main key things we hang everything that we do on and understand the will of God on is this, that we are called to love others. In this case, he says to love our neighbors. But as you seek through the word, we're told not just to love our neighbors, we're told to love our, you know, if you're married, you're to love your spouse, if you're, you're to love your children, your grandchildren, you're to love your friends, you're to love the people that you go to church with, your brothers. He keeps narrowing the circle of who we can exclude from our love until he finally eliminates it completely and tells us we're just to love people, that we shall love others. In fact, he goes on to say this in Matthew chapter 5. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on good, on the good, sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? But do not even the tax collectors do that. He says, listen, you're to love your enemies. You're to pray for them. And this, by this, you'll be the sons of your Father who's in heaven. This is this distinguishing mark of the believer. This is one of the things that sets us apart. Not that we want to kill those who don't believe like we believe. Not that we want to murder those who don't accept the faith as we have faith but that we love them. Even when they persecute us, we want the best for them. That's when we truly reflect that we're the sons of the Father in heaven. And when God says, that's when your reward really begins to mount up. That's when you really become something. See, this is, this is the fundamental place where the world is corrupt. This is the fundamental place where mankind is broken. And that brokenness spews out into all the world. Man, the, the world is, is not broken at some socioeconomic level or some political level or at, at some other. The, the world is broken at a heart level. 
the heart levels where the world is corrupt. And all the corruption that comes from the world comes because mankind is broken at this very heart level. Mankind is broken at the very level of love for others, of wanting the best for others. Love is not our natural response. Think about this for a moment. How many of the basic problems of the world would disappear in a matter of weeks or months if everyone on the planet loved everybody else? The only ones I can really think of that wouldn't is, is maybe help me with others later, but we'd still have disease right now. Accidents would still happen. Maybe some disasters in the world would still take place. But let me ask you, if everybody loved each other, what would happen to terrorism? What would happen to the sex trade if mankind's heart was fixed? What would happen to abuse if we love the way Jesus tells us to love? What would happen to slavery if mankind loved the way we're supposed to love? What would happen to the drug trade? What would happen to crime? What would happen to racism? If we loved each other, we would look diligently for ways to attack poverty. If we loved each other, those with resources would look diligently and work diligently to find ways to answer the problem of clean water to those who don't have clean water. Corruption would begin to disappear if we really loved each other in life. The world would be a different place in a matter of weeks, in a matter of months, if mankind really began to love each other. This is one of the things we say, well, you know, what we can do is we can fix ourselves. So this is why we have a food drive and a blanket drive, and we ask for you to bring some of these things in that was talked about in the announcements today to say, look, let's, let's love people. Let's do something to make a difference. Let's use what we have to make sure somebody is warm that's not warm today to make sure somebody has food that doesn't have food, that makes sure somebody has some they don't have it. Let's, let's use what resources we can, uh, we can gather up to bless somebody else's life because that's what love would do. Because love doesn't say, look the other way. Love says, look right at it and say, God, what would you have me do about it? God says, pay attention to it. Love demands that we pay attention to the hurts and the pains of the world and say, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to make a difference? I can't do everything, but I can bring a blanket. I can do that. I can't do anything, but I can buy some toothpaste. I can do that. I can't do anything, but I can be kind to somebody. I can do that. I can do something to attack this corruption. So if that happens, if we begin to do that, if the world began to do that as a whole, the earth would become heavenly. If I want to know God's voice, if I want to know what he's saying to me, 
if I want Him to lead me to good paths, then here's one of the fundamental, foundational issues that's got to be laid in my life, secure, simple, clean. I've got to understand it. I've got to know it. I've got to recognize that everything I hear that is said to me has to run through this filter, has to run through this understanding of, is this loving to others? Because he's telling me to love others. And that love is an action. I'll tell you, God's been pushing me in this area of my life for a long time. I can look back on my past and see a long, dirty road behind me of places where God had to clean up my heart from selfishness and prejudices and all kinds of other things in my life. Pushing me towards the heart that He would have me to have. And I, and I can feel good about some of the some of the progress. How about you? How about you? Can you look back from the first time you came into the knowledge of who Christ was and begin to see how Christ has changed your heart towards others? How He's made you a more loving person to others? How He's cleaned up a spirit that maybe was a little selfish, maybe a little mean spirit. Maybe, maybe there's some prejudice there, some racism that was there. And God began to work on your heart and your spirit. Can you identify those things? Do you know what they are? Do you have that, have that understanding in your life? Lack of godly love is the fundamental problem in the world today. And many times we like to think about it in the big picture issues. Terrorism. And racism. And race issues. And the, the big issues of life. But where it gets healed is in, is in the heart of individual people. Where individuals begin to see differently, act differently, love differently because God I'll tell you, I, 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 when I look back at the things in my past, I'm so grateful where God's changed my life. When I look towards the future, I still don't see the finish line there yet. I understand that I've got some uh, some work to do, and God's got some work to do. But I understand that when I begin to filter God's voice in my life, when I begin to hear the voices in my life talking to me about how to feel about something or about what to do about something or how to see something. That the first filter I've got to run it through is, is this loving to others? Because if it isn't, then that's not the voice of God for me. That's not what God's saying to me. I've been working on this message for a long time and uh, praying about it. And uh, this week, this week, knowing what's coming, this week, I'm, I was out. I had, had a meeting, and on the way back to the church, I decided to stop at a at a local restaurant. Just go through the drive-up line. All I wanted was a drink to take back to the office with me. Uh, now, I've, I've changed the story just a little bit to protect, in case the person actually shows up at church today, and somebody knows the church. Uh, but I, what, what was in my heart is, 
was in, in my heart, and, and some of the other facts are absolutely correct. As, as I'm pulling into the drive-up, uh, I can see that there's one car ahead of me. Just one car. So I'm thinking, okay, I get this is great. This won't take long. And, and, I, and I, the guy's there, and he's, he's already heads out the window talking to the voice box, you know. And it gets a little loud. Um, and so I drive up, I, I drive up, and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm there, and I can tell he's being very specific about his work. He's talked for a while. Then he go back into the car. Then he's had to come back out of the car and talk for a while. Then he go back into the car, come out of the car and talk for a while. This, this goes on and on. Uh, literally, setting this drive-up line for seven minutes while this guy's putting in his order. And 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 I, I'm, I'm watching him as he's going on. And my first my first thought is uh, he must be putting in a lot of orders for different people and must be taking a bunch of food back to wherever he works. That was my first my first thought as I sat there. But my it's a nice day, so my window's down. And I can I can I can't hear what he's saying, but I can hear uh, the voice of the waitress over the speaker coming back to him, and I can tell that she's exasperated. She's losing patience with this guy. And, and the longer I'm sitting there, the less patience I've had. And at least twice he put his car in gear and started to go forward, stopped, backed up, and came back to the deal again. At least twice. And, and, and at, at about the five-minute mark, I'll tell you, you're a loving pastor, I'll tell you what I was thinking. If I just put my car in gear and rolled up, could I just push him out of the way? There should be some law that after five minutes at the window, you can push them out of the way. It should be okay. I should not get blamed for this action. I should be able to do this without any problem. Just push him out of the way. That, that's literally, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting there thinking this and, and, and getting, you know, finding the spirit of being just a little, are you kidding me? One more, you're backing up again? Are you serious? And, I, and I'm sitting there, and this is going on and on and on. I'm thinking, that's not, now I'm moving past the point of, of, of you know, just being taken a little while. Now I'm thinking, he's got to be being a pain. And and, uh, and as I'm sitting there, I, I felt this. You know, now don't get all snooty on me here. I felt this twinge in my heart. I really don't like this guy. Am I the only person that's ever felt like that for some, some silly, stupid thing like this? I really don't like, and as soon as I said that, in my, as soon as I sensed that in my spirit, as soon as that was in my head, I sensed the, spirit, I sensed the voice of God. Why? Why don't you like the child I created? I said, okay, God, I get it. This is about the message Sunday. You're, work, you're, you're working on me right now. Now, I wasn't done struggling. I wasn't done struggling with this, this lovely human being creation of God that he is. Because we eventually pulled around. He went up, finally he went around, and I ordered my one drink, and I pulled around, and I'm sitting there behind him. I'm waiting to see the, you know, the sacks of food coming out the window. I'm waiting to see boxes of stuff handed out to him. And they literally hand him one drink and one small sack of food, and he drives off. And I'm wanting to yell out my window, that took seven minutes. 
I wouldn't dress that way. But there's some issue of almost despising the little ones. The people who act the way at work or someplace else that, I mean, it, it just borders on sure don't dress like it, Pastor. Can you see past it? They sure don't act like it. Can you bless those and pray for those who persecute us? Can we love even our enemies? Can our heart really be a healthy heart? See, right here's where the world... I don't, I don't know the guy that took seven minutes for his oil. Maybe he's just a pain. creation of God, he needs to learn to be more sensitive to others. Maybe driving there and ordering on his own was a great emotional victory for him. Maybe he's overcoming something I don't have any idea he's going through. Maybe there's something that's happened in his life that's made him this way that I can't even understand at this point because I don't know him at all. Why do I look at him with such judgment? Because it gets in my way. Because I have to sit there for seven minutes. Because life is so centered around me. And that's the problem with the world today. That's why we have the issues that are so painful in the world today. It's because down in the spirit and the heart of man, there's a brokenness. And, and maybe in our culture, and our teaching, and our experience, there's some limits to how far that goes. But we can certainly look in other cultures and other experiences and other people's lives and see how corrupt it can be. But do we recognize that it's the same strain of corruption that causes me to despise somebody causes somebody else to be willing to kill somebody. It's the same seed. Wow. It's right here that I need to understand God's, God's voice clearly. His spoken word clearly. His written word so that I can know His voice in all things that would speak to me and say, love the guy who's taking too long in the drive up line. Love the guy who looks different. Love the guy who dresses different. Love the guy who believes something different. 
Make sure your heart, even when you disagree with what they're doing, that you're praying for them and that you love them. And you want the best for them. The world's not going to be totally healed until Jesus reigns. But in the meantime, I want to hear his voice and stop being part of the corruption. So God says, follow him. And to be truly his children, to be people who that he is our father, he says, love your enemy and bless those who persecute you. So truly be a part of his kingdom. Do I ident- to be able to identify his voice? Fundamentally, I have to understand, I am called to love my neighbor as myself. So I want to start bringing healing to the world. I want to start making right decisions in the world. I want to start seeing others the right way. And I want to recognize when the corruption of my soul rises to the top and begins to try to speak to me to be able to put it down and say, I rebuke that. I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to act that way. I don't want to respond that way. I want to love others as Jesus loved me when I was his enemy. When I was far from him, I want to love others that way. So God, I'm going to recognize that voice. I'm going to recognize the voice of the father of lies who tried to get me to despise others for whatever reason. I'm going to recognize the voice of my flesh that gets ticked off at others because it's getting in my way. And God, I want to recognize your voice. That when you whisper in my heart to love somebody, to take action to help somebody's life, to get involved, that I'll follow that voice and know it's you. Let's stand together today. Over this next moment, I just want you to sing this song. We ask God just to take our life. And I, I as we sing it, I, I want to just I just want to give the Holy Spirit a chance to speak to us. Will you let the Holy Spirit speak to you today? Bring to, to your mind, to your thoughts, some place where your judgment, you're quick to jump. You're quick to despise. Maybe quick to hate. Maybe you've made up your mind about a whole group of people. A whole age group of people. And today God would say, no, that's not my voice. Maybe you've grown cold to the needs of others. God would say, I want you to look at them. I want you to do something. Do what you can do. Just close your eyes and say, God, speak to me. Let me hear your voice and bring healing into my heart today. You know, we take a world and we separate categories. tells us to love everybody because they're all his creation. And so the question is, how healthy is my spirit 
how healthy is your spirit? Father, right now, I, I pray that we would not ignore your voice. I, I know today, Lord, if, if the enemy is up to his games, he's whispering exemptions into people's ears. He's telling them why it's okay for them not to obey your word for their heart to stay corrupt. And we, so today, Lord, I, I just I just rebuke that enemy. I pray your spirit would rebuke him and that we would, we would recognize your voice. For, Father, it is in hearing and understanding what you've already said that we can begin to understand intimately what you would say to us in every circumstance of life. So, Father, where our hearts are corrupt and hard and where we've been wounded, Father, heal us, we pray. Help us to get healthier every day. Fill with your patience. Fill with your kindness. Walk in your spirit in Jesus' name. Father, there may be somebody here today. You know. You know them by name. That's never asked you to be the Lord of their life. That's never put their faith in Jesus to be the Savior of their soul. Right now, Father, they need to hear your voice. That this is the one and only way to heaven. And let us rest in that, Lord, and stand in that. So speak to us today. Speak to our hearts today so we can clearly understand your will and your way in Jesus' name. And, Father, let your hope reign in us as well. In Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. In the name of the Lord.